appreciate, we'll schedule, we'll be happy, but I appreciate, by the way, your parents, your faithfulness, and your patience for us while we're renovating our kids' church home. Uh, so what we have to do is there's a little bit more carpet we've got to pull up, then we've got to clean the basement, get all the dust out of it, uh, sweep it, vacuum it, even the window sills in. We'll just get all the dust out, that way when the carpet comes Tuesday, he can just start laying carpet and nothing better than anything. So, uh, this Saturday, 9 a.m., if you can be here, that's great, and whoever can, we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, with that, then, the following Saturday, December the, the 11th at 9 a.m., we have men's breakfast. Uh, Dwight, okay, where's Dwight at? Dwight's right, he's going to be making breakfast for us, and I know some guys are going to help him out. Uh, it's just going to be about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. We're going to come together and fellowship. We're just going to talk about some guy stuff. So, if you're interested in being part of men's breakfast, you sign up back there. That way, Mike knows how much food to get together. So, that's December the 11th. Then, December the 19th, which is Sunday, the following Sunday, right after church, we have a, a fun Christmas party. And that's going to be held at the Miller's Place. We'll give you an address where that's at. And it's just going to be a fun time. We're going to get together with the adults, kind of do a white outfit, get exchange something fun, and some cookie decorating for the kids and whatnot. But just get a time of fellowship and, and just being with one another. And of course, then more importantly, is we have our Christmas Eve service on the 24th at 6.30 right here. And then the other thing that's happening is December's youth lock-in, which is December 17th to the lock-in. Oh, all night long, to the 18th. Josh is heading up to lock-in for 50 12th grade. So if you have questions, see Josh. There's some things for the parents about that. But Josh could use some help. So if you're interested in hanging out with I, I may say corporate on your heart. You can hang out with the young people over at ICJ. It'll be a good time. So you've got some things you can say about, but Josh does need some help with it. So see him about that. I think that's oh, Christmas cards for Benny. Uh, she's got a bunch of Christmas cards already for the different uh, nursing home facilities, but she needs some more. So just a, it's a Christmas card just written out for Merry Christmas, and Benny is distributing them in the nursing homes in our area. It's just an outreach. And uh, she needs those by December 15th. And also, on our back, court board back there, yeah, everybody knows Jeffrey, right? Yeah. Jeffrey, right? He's in the nursing home. We just love him if y'all would send him a Christmas card. So his address is hanging on the back uh, board back there, Christmas pointing at it. So go ahead, write that address down and send some out to Jeffrey. Uh, so we'll be blessed in Christmas time. Anyway, amen. <laughs> Let's get our Bible down. Good to have you today. Thank you. Uh, Luke chapter number 16, verse number 10, where we're going to be there in a couple moments. But let me just say this. This doesn't have to do with my message, but let me just throw this out there. I know um, where Thanksgiving is over, but kind of holiday season starts. Now we're in Christmas season. Uh, and of course, recently we had the time change, it's getting dark earlier. I know that a lot of people love this time of year. I also know there's a lot of people that struggle with this time of year. Amen. People that struggle with depression, the holidays can be rough. Especially the time change is darker earlier. Let me just tell you this if, if that is you, and, and you, you look forward to Christmas and all of it at the same time, you're like, yeah, because you know it can be a struggle. Remember, God is with you. Amen. Amen. God is for you. Amen. God is working for your good. Amen. 
Nothing can separate you from his presence. We as a church, we're here for you. We will pray with you. We'll do whatever we can for you. But don't disconnect, disassociate. Be involved, okay? Hallelujah. And if you're struggling, please reach out. We can pray with you and, and, and stand with you during this time, okay? And, and I, I would love to say some of these struggles we have in life, it's just the easy button, you know, it's just the easy button, it's all good, and it's not always that way. How many know what I'm talking about? So, and by the way, it may not be you, I know it's not anything that affects me, but you may know somebody. And if you do, uh, make sure you're just consistently checking and reaching out, and I know some of you maybe recently have lost a loved one, and this may be the first or maybe the second round of, of holidays you're going through without that significant person. And it can be a struggle. Much as we say, hey, Rod, Rod, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Not everybody feels that way. So just be aware of other people. Just pray for them and encourage them and help them if you can. Okay? All right. Luke chapter 16. We've been talking about the provision of God. God is good. Amen. Amen. All the time. That, that is close to call and response liturgy that the Pentecostal church has. God's good all the time. Um, and God is faithful. And I'm so thankful for the faithfulness of God. Um, but part of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God is the fact that God is our provider. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about the vision of God right in the beginning. In the beginning, God created, he, he creates provision before he creates man. Provision is always in front of us. That's what God does. And we live in that provision. But last week, we said, okay, let, let's, let's just time out for a second. But remember, as much as God is our provider, we know that Paul writes that godliness with contentment is great gain. That, that godliness in our relation with God is not about some sort of avenue or scheme for financial gain. That's not what the provision of God is about. But God does bless us. But we must learn to be content in all circumstances. Whether you have or you don't have, we must learn to be content. Content is uh, that there, there is a satisfaction and a peace in my current situation, no matter what it is. Because the, the, the verse that everybody pulls out so much, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The context of that is when I have or I don't have, I'm content because no matter my situation, I can do all things through him. Amen. That's the context. So we live in the provision of God, the blessing of God. I believe that God prospered us. I believe God blessed us. If I didn't believe that, if you were financially struggling... What would we pray? I pray God make a way. I pray God bring promotion. I, I pray, you know, I pray God blesses. So we believe in the blessing of God, but God is not just this ATM machine of the sky. That the reason He's there and the reason you have faith is to get stuff from Him. Then you're missing the whole point, right? God is our provider, but we must learn to be content. And we must not allow greed to creep into our hearts. Ecclesiastes, you don't have to turn there, stay, stay in Luke, where I said earlier. But Ecclesiastes, let me find that on here. I wrote this one down. Where is that? Oh, boy. verse out, I don't know where I threw it. Ah, there it is. I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has enough. And whoever loves wealth 
is never satisfied with his income. That's what happens with greed. Amen. If you fall into this trap of greed, you never feel like you have enough. And you think, if I just get this, then I'll be content and happy. Then you work and work and work and you get it. Then you go, well, you know, if I just get this, then I'll be content and happy. Once you get that, well, then, then if I just get it, and you just chase life of achieving things. When Jesus says, remember, Luke 12, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Amen. That's what Malcolm's life is about. But the good life, Micah 6, 8, do justice and love mercy, that's that towards other people, and walk humbly with your God. In other words, Jesus said it as summing up the great command, love God with every heart, soul, mind, and strength, love God with everything, and then love your neighbor as yourself. That is what life is about. And if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then he adds, in other words, he adds provision unto you. That Matthew 6 is all about. So God is a provider, but we must learn to be content and have the proper perspective of what it means to walk with God. So today's subject uh, is not, I don't say it's not an easy subject. I want to talk to you about tithing. So am I. It, is, it, it can be sort of a taboo topic in church. Now, when we take an offering every time of the year, often, I would say half the time, we say something about giving. I did just for a moment this morning. Um, but we can't stay away from subjects that we find in the scriptures. When we talk about the provision of God and we talk about contentment, then we also must talk about giving. Amen. They all go together. Right. Amen. So we can't stay away from this stuff here. Um, Luke chapter... 16, verse number 10. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is with dishonest with very little will, will also be dishonest with much. To, if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly or ungodly or unrighteous well, who will trust you with what? True riches. Now, the money that you have in your pockets, the, the currency of our society in America, is not true riches. It's a means for living in our society, but it is not true riches. In this context, it is, it is what we consider unrighteous mammon or unrighteous wealth. It's not necessarily having it wrong, but it is not the true riches of God. Now, American society sort of says this. I'm going to work hard, I'm going to pursue happiness, and I'm going to achieve, and I'm going to chase success, and I'm going to have things. And then in that is sort of definition of success. And, and when I have what I have, I get to choose to do with it whatever I want. Right? You see what I'm saying? But when you see things from God's perspective, everything we have is from Him, therefore it is His. So even when you work hard, which you should, and it's not wrong to achieve things, it's not wrong, not wrong to have goals and, and to, you know, uh, to, to have promotions in your job. It's not wrong to start business. It's not wrong. But just understand, whatever you have is from him in the beginning. So it's not necessarily the attitude, I'm going to do with it what I want. The attitude is now, how can I be a godly steward with what I have? 
stewardship. You're going to come from him. Amen. So we said this a couple weeks ago, even when, even when you tithe, so you tithe, tithe is an increase in your life, tithe is 10% of your increase. So if I earn 100 bucks, my tithe is? Yeah, 10 bucks. So I tithe my $10. Now, I think I gave my tithe, I have my 90 bucks and my 90% back. You still need to be a good steward with that 90% of that $90. That's what it means to be godly with contentment means great gain. I'm content with the hundred, I'm content enough to tithe, therefore now what do I do with that $90? Well, that means there's a lot about you. Because you can tithe and still be greedy with 90 bucks. Right? Okay, so everything that we have is a stewardship unto the Lord. So as Luke says there, look, when you have something that would be considered unrighteous man or worldly riches or, or worldly possessions. What you do with that says a lot about you. But if you can be trusted with that, right, then you can be really trusted with true riches. Amen. So we must be people who are trustworthy with the income and the possessions that we have in our lives. See, what, what money promises are really only things that God can provide. You think about this. If I just have enough money, then I'll be secure. If I just have enough money, I can have freedom to do whatever I want. If I just have enough money, uh, maybe some people see it as a sense of power, you know, in social status. If I just have enough money, it, it brings me significance. Money promises those things, but never lives up to it. Amen. Bob Dylan said, money doesn't talk, it swears. I believe that. <laughs> we all know about that. <laughs> money can be the root of all kinds of evil. Isn't that true? Don't look to money to really honor what God can provide. Because God really provides true freedom. It is in God that you are secure. It is in God that you find significance. Okay? Don't, don't look to money for those things. You will find yourself to chasing it. Again, if I just have more, if I have more, if I have more, then you'll find yourself in a place of greed and rat race. So, when you are increased in your life with, with something, what do you do with it? It means everything. As we know in Matthew 6.24 it says, you cannot serve both God and money. Can't serve them both. If you serve God, it puts money in its right place. Right, so I borrowed a dollar bill from Mike. You have another dollar bill, Mike? Right. I asked my wife for money last week. She had none. Which perplexed me because I don't have any either. So I'm going to work all our money. Anyways. I'll give it back to you, Mike, I promise. I gave it back last week, didn't I? Yes. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, now you know it's crazy, then, yeah, okay. Anyways. Don't let this rule your life. Don't serve this. This is only good for as much as our society says it's good. The moment our society says this is no good, it's no good. This is not a God. 
Don't make it into one. That's right. Okay? So when God made the world with provision, did God put gold in the world when he made it? Yeah. Diamond. All these things that we think are valuable, God put them into this world. Why? Well, he thought man would find the value. So in other words, he didn't think there was much wrong with it as long as it stays in its proper place. Right? Money should never be something you chase and serve. Money should be always something that's sort of like this in your life. Right here. I'm on top of this. This will not rule me. Will not make me do things I shouldn't do ethically to have it. I will not give up my family to have it. I will not fight with my family to have it. Now, remember the story that Jesus said, your life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. He responded to a brother and was saying, hey, tell my brother to invite inheritance, inheritance with me. Family fights over money happen all the time. I will not fight with my family over money, so I was just with my sister this past week. Uh, my, brother, my brother passed away years ago, so my sister and I, and my parents have a lot of stuff to hand down. They're heirloom kind of people, from the farms, that they, okay. So my, my dad was like, do you want to keep this, do you want to have this? And my response is to my sister, you want it. If you want it, I don't want it. I don't care. Having an heirloom, there's something about it, you guys understand, but at the same time, I'm not interested in having an issue with my sister over a possession. It's not worth it. Now this right here, seeking God first, puts its right place in your life in perspective and priority. And when it is, you can be content. And also when it's in its right place, when the Lord taps you on the shoulder to give, you have no problem in giving. Because it doesn't own you. So when you give up your tithe, then, then, then there's an offering the Lord drops in your heart, and you're out there and it's giving to somebody that's in need, or maybe somebody that's not necessarily in need, but you thought you were supposed to give. You have no problem. It's not like you're, you know, you go to give to somebody and they're taking, oh, I don't know about that. It means a lot to me. Oh, I know I should. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, if I give me this, how am I going to buy coffee this week? Oh, no, my life will be over. You know, you know what I'm saying? What then? I mean, you really think about the stuff you kind of spend frivolously. We do that as Americans. We spend just expensive money. Other, other countries don't think that way. We're like that. How much you could really be without in order to bless somebody else? Think about that. There's probably a whole lot of things that. Now, I understand people go through tough times and whatnot, but most of us here, we're doing okay. I'm going to guess. You know, you know in the Bible, there's really not much of the middle class. It's those who have and those who don't. You find that in the And it's always on those who have to look out for those who don't. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, the prophets were constantly coming against Israel, railing against them for idolatry, and injustice, and injustice is always towards those who didn't have and were being oppressed. Always. Too many things in the prophets, idolatry and injustice. What you do with this and your possessions means a lot. So, if you can be trusted with little, if you can be trusted with this dollar, you can be trusted with true riches, which is really what it's about. Amen?
Amen. So don't let money have a hold on your life. Now, let's talk about tithing for a minute. Tithing, in, in the first really instance, we see it really come up. That we, we know that Cain and Abel were uh, responding in, in sacrifice to God, and, and uh, one was accepted and one was not. But the first time we really see tithing is, is Abram and Melchizedek. Genesis chapter 14. Go and read that story another time. So Abram rescues Lot, and he comes back from war, and this priestly king figure meets up with Abram, Melchizedek, and Abraham ties to him 10% of the spoils of the war. Now we find in Hebrews chapter 7 that Melchizedek is a forerunner of Jesus. He's a type of Jesus, a foreshadow. So the tie is instituted with Abram, who is our father in what? Faith. So our Father in faith tithes and foreshadow Jesus. We continue today to tithe to our provider God. Amen. We're taught in faith by Abraham. Yes. Now, we see tithe really picked up in the law, so we can learn things, although we're not under the law still. We can learn things about tithing in the law, knowing that Abram set the tithe up before the law. So let me read to you from Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30. You've got your Bibles over there. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse number 30. You're looking for it in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, third book, Leviticus. Chapter 27, verse number 30. It says this, so every tithe of the land, or every 10% of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord. So, Whatever the currency of increase is of that society, it then is what the tithe is. So for this time and for the people that were being addressed here, it is the fruit of the land or the seed of the land. But watch what it says. It is the Lord's, and it is what? Holy, Holy to the Lord. Now you think about that. The tithe is actually holy to the Lord. Now, when you start putting the, the word holy on stuff, that should make you perk up and pay attention. I think one of the reasons that the church doesn't talk about giving and tithe a lot because it's taboo to them, then they think that we're just here trying to get you money. We're trying to get money grab from you. The church is about getting money from you. You know, we receive tithe in the storehouse of the church because the scripture says it's holy unto him. Amen. Amen. Every time you come and give your tithe in the church is an act of response to the goodness and provision of God, but it is His, it is holy to Him. This walk in life that we do here at the church, we come and give it. It's like a walk of faith is an act of holiness and worship to God. Now, when, when the Bible calls something holy, that's serious business. It's not a trivial thing in the Scripture. That if I know something is his and he considers it holy, then it is a priority to me in worship to give what is his. So the tithe, is, and we see in scripture, is the first fruit of your income. Let's see, uh, Proverbs. Let me find that. Where do I that? Proverbs chapter. Proverbs chapter 3. Everybody go there. I'm kind of jumping on my notes this morning a little bit. Proverbs chapter 3. 
and verse number 9. The first verse of the given. Okay, Proverbs 3 9 says, Honor the Lord. Now, again, the time when Leviticus was called holy, here Proverbs, the book of wisdom, saying it honors the Lord, honor the Lord with your wealth, and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with new wine. So when you give God your first and your best, then he's able to bless the rest. When you give God your first, your time, first fruit, and your best, he has an opportunity to bless the rest. The first fruit. In other words, when, when increase comes into our lives, through our job, we're, we're both employed, okay, the first thing that happens is our time comes out. First, not last. First, not, well, I hope we make it. Then, then we'll see if we can give to the church or give. Time comes first. Amen. Give first and your best, and God has an opportunity to bless the rest. Because there were times in our lives where we weren't making a lot of money. Right? And I was telling you stories, even, even those times, by the way, we're very content. I don't look back at those times and say, man, those were terrible. I actually enjoyed those times. But even in times we weren't making a lot, we tie sometimes going, oh, it's going to be tight. I'm not sure about this. But God always provides because you give your first and your best and he blesses the rest. First fruits. Tide comes out. Right? And in that, it is honoring the Lord because he's your provider and it's holy unto him. So what happens with the tide is this. The tithe teaches us to put God first. See, when there are directives in Scripture, there's something you think about. If you think about this, there's a lot of different things. When Scriptures give us directive, it's not always just about doing something. In accordance with doing something, it's also teaching you something. In accordance with doing something, it's also forming you and shaping you. You're becoming something. Tithe is not just so, wow, the church has the money. Tithe is teaching you to put God first. Amen. And be reminded consistently that God is your provider. Remember, we were talking about this with, with the story of the Exodus, the Israelites coming out of Egypt. They only were allowed to gather the man and the quail as much as they could have that day. They tried to keep more than that right. Why? Every day, reliance that God is your provider. Amen. Amen. So tithing teaches you to keep God, keep God first and reminds you consistently that God is your provider. Another thing that tithing shows you or teaches you. Tithing is a continual response of thanksgiving to the goodness of God. Tithe is a continual response to the goodness of God. It keeps you in thanksgiving to his goodness. Amen. Next thing, something covered. Tithing is actually an act of worship. It is bringing what is holy to a holy God. 
So tithing is an act of worship. It brings what is holy to a holy God. Tithing also causes your faith. I'll put it this way. It's kind of like freshly poured concrete, you know, concrete cures over time. You know what I'm saying? Tithing helps your faith cure properly. <laughs> Teaches you to live in faith. That no matter what, having or it's tight and not having, I'm content <coughs> and my giving doesn't stop. It keeps me in active faith every time I give. Every time you give, it's active faith. Amen. And of course, that tithing, it, it, it causes the church to function and be. Y'all like the building, right? Yeah. You like the heat in the building? Yeah. Okay, your tithing helps you do that. But, but also, not just about that. Uh, we, we were able to help some families out at Thanksgiving uh, a couple weeks ago. Some, some people, they're struggling, so we were able to give uh, some gift cards to go buy groceries. We should have a, a nice Thanksgiving dinner. At least a started one, anyway. Your tithing went for So it's not just about, if all it was was upkeep, then we're missing the point. But it's, it's, it's the well-roundedness of a church to be not only uh, here together, worshiping together, but then also actively involved in the community that needs Jesus. Your tithing and your giving does that. Amen. Amen. So tithe teaches you something, it forms you, but it also uh, allows us to do things that we're called to do as a body of believers who gather together. So the tithe is important. Now, We know that God is, he's just a wonderful gift. He does what he does out of love. He created out of love. He sustains out of love. And while yet we were lost in this world, the sinners that we were, as it says in Romans 5 day, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There was an act of giving that preceded any good response to him. So tithing isn't just about, again, bringing 10% into the church. It is about shaping you into be the person that Jesus wants you to be out there. Amen. That we are people who are givers in nature. And it's not just about money. It's about time. It's about, maybe sometimes, patience. It's about what you can do with your hand, work. It's about the true riches, sharing the gospel. Right? Tithing does what it does for the church, and it shapes you to be something when you're not here. What the world needs is people who would give with no strings attached. <laughs> By the way, no, no. We know in 2 Corinthians, God supplies seed to the sower. Yes. You're a sower, God, and he increases. But don't, but don't think that in such a way. The only reason I give is so God can give me more. Now you just messed the whole thing up. <laughs> I believe God will increase you, but why? So you can build bigger barns for your increase? No, 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 because now you've got just more seed to work with. Right? It's building you into people who are not here 
that we live in a world where everything had a catch-22. Everything comes with something connected to it. Can we be in the world that we are givers of all things, especially of true riches, the gospel, without any strings attached? Whether or not you get a response. That we're willing to do whatever it takes to take the gospel to the world. That we are givers in our nature. Because we've been shaped and formed and we've come that way. And the Lord puts it on your heart to give of money, you don't have a problem with it because greed, greed is in your heart. You're content. You'll give whatever. If it's up to time, taking a couple evenings out to help somebody do something, you're struggling, the overabundance of the fruit of the Spirit, patience and, and goodness and kindness and gentleness, right? That we live this way. Tithing helps us. And ultimately, by the way, in times of struggle in your life, the tide reminds you of faithfulness to God. Amen. So, and my parents might be watching this morning, there, there was a time, I was 9, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there, where we were struggling. Because my dad had a stroke, he wasn't able to work, and my mom wasn't able to get a job, she had to take care of him. And you see how that goes. So, so our family's living on uh, government-assisted food stamps and all this different stuff. But you know what? They never stopped being givers, even in the midst of that. Because they believed in the faithfulness of God. And they came through on the other side. Now, not perfect, not living, living in a, this big mansion with millions of dollars, but providing for And even then, I don't look back at my life as a kid and go, oh my God, my life is terrible. I thought I had a good life. It was an attitude in the house. It wasn't this big woe is me out front all the time about how terrible life is. It was always coming back. It's a struggle. It's not easy right now, but God is going to see us through because he has proved himself faithful in the past and it's connected in our giving because we're always going to be givers no matter what. Always no matter what. And we just know he's going to see us through. That's right. That life of faith. That life of faith. Amen? Amen. So, the tithe. Bring it to the storehouse. The church. If this is your home church, tithe the church. If this is not your home church, don't tithe it. Tithe your home church. Right? Yeah. You really want from here, I'm all for it. But tithe your home church. Alright? <laughs> but increase in your life first and the best so God can bless the rest. Yeah. And when increase comes, what do you do? First and the best. Be whatever the Lord lays on your heart. And we're people that have constant mode of giving. The gospel is you receive, no matter what it is, you go out and you give. A cycle of Christian life. Not only for salvation, but of help. We receive, we go out, and we give. Amen? Amen. I'll close up from that today. Let's put in prayer this morning. Just to say this, if you have, uh, if you're in your financial tough spot, I'd love to pray with you. Well, as soon as we're done, please come down. Uh, physically, we'd love to, love to pray with you. Any struggles that are happening right now with your prayers before you head out today? Alright, so Lord, we pray to you today, we worship you, we thank you that you're our provider, and Lord, we're just always going to respond to it. 
not only our tithes and our offering, but how we live to be representative of your faithfulness as much as we can be. Representative of your goodness as much as we can be. To be your hands and your feet in this world. Lord, help us. I pray, Lord, that greed doesn't grab our heart. That in no way are we making an idol out of money, out of things, out of possessions, out of success. But we learn to be content and live in who you are. Knowing you add all these things unto us. We praise you today. We worship you. We simply thank you for always being our provider. In Jesus' name, we all say it. Amen. Now, if you'd like further prayer this morning, please come down. We'd love to pray with you before you go. If not, we'll see you Wednesday night. Bless somebody. Make somebody smile before you leave today.